previously on the Simply Human Podcast. I'm still uh, waiting for an answer to the question, Rob. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I, it's a fair question. <laughs> I would say that uh, it's a mixed bag. Uh, it's brought me into uh, contact with a lot of people that I hadn't heard from in a long time because, <laughs> like, literally every time this guy does something gross, uh, I get a bunch of Facebook messages and texts <laughs> like, oh, the horny governor is at it again. It's episode 122 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and stupid Rick, <laughs> two human beings <laughs> being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy. Now you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Coach Dan John, the uh, author, coach. He's a world record holder, is a former Olympian, discus thrower. Super pumped to have Coach John on the show. I bet he can really throw a frisbee if he's good at discus throwing. Oh man, throwing. it's probably yeah, it's, it probably correlates so very straight well. So straight and just parallel to the ground the whole time. Take like a dinner plate and just like throw it over the mountains over okay, there. Okay, now you're just being ridiculous. Okay, so... <laughs> okay. Well, it's Humans Being Human with our good friend Lonnie and the acid-burning story. Uh, and then we wrap up with... It's, our not, it's not really acid. It's more... Chemical. Uh, well, chemical chemical bur- burn the, on your dog. And, and a chemical burn. That's what we'll call it. A chemical snake burn. And we'll wrap up with our simple human tip. How are you, Rick? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm all right. So you you're moving in like two days. People are so tired of hearing me. Talk well, I about know, this but problem. it's like it's it's uh, you did a periscope, which I will say at R Bentley three zero three two. Follow Rick on Periscope. Uh, I I didn't get to do it live. I was planning on it, and I just yeah, I totally what? forgot. That's what I noticed half like three quarters of the way through. I was like, "What the hell is Mark? Yeah. He's supposed to be doing well, watching this." I was I was like, "Oh, eight thirty, good. I'm I'm like I can't wait." And then at like nine fifteen, I was like, "Oh." Oh crap! And so like I went on and it was already over, but I but I watched the whole thing. Jen and I sat there and watched it and laughed and uh, so a couple things. If you haven't listened to Rick's Periscope, there is no bleeping tool on the uh, on Rick's Periscope <laughs> channel. <laughs> yeah, warning! So, I talk like a sailor. Yeah, drunken sailor. Par- parental uh, advisory. What are they? What is that little warning? The explicit lyrics okay, or whatever. Nailed it! Nailed it! I got it. Um, so that's funny. I'm at Simply Human Fifty Two. Um, and uh, I wish there was a way we Mark could, like, would do periscopes about like, hey, here's how to use a neti pot. Here's how to pro- pro- here's proper squat form. Here's what you should do. Like useful stuff. And me, I just sat in the bed and I was like, <laughs> all right, what do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> how does this work? Can I cuss? <laughs> yeah, I, I that trouble? was the only the only worthwhile <laughs> thing. Hey, can I swear on this thing or what? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, yes, 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 so. yes, yes. Yeah, and so you did. So so do that. That was good. Um. I am still obsessed with mountain biking. That hasn't changed. So those two things are consistent. Oh, Rick is moving. Goodness. I'm obsessed with mountain biking. Um, I wanted to talk about... Um, I This is kind of... I saw this on uh, oh, Huff Post or something. And then Jen texted it to me separately. Like So it's getting... Okay. It, that means it's getting around, right? So and you mm-hmm. may have seen it too. And so the article, the title of this thing, and I'll link to it in the show notes, is... Brothers play terrifying zombie apocalypse prank on little sister. I, have, I saved that link okay. from my Facebook to watch it. I haven't watched okay, it. Okay, so it's it's brothers play terrifying zombie apocalypse prank on little sister when she's high from dental surgery, and so basically, and there's, there's a YouTube video, and they they've got this like CD that's supposed to sound like a, a radio, like ah, oh, we interrupt this C- broadcast. CD. Yeah. So the. Yeah, it's a, this oh, is a compact uh, disc. I thought you were gonna make. I thought you were setting that up for a 
CD's nuts. Oh. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. Like this uh, recording on tape or CD? Oh, CD. Oh, CD's nuts. Yeah, yeah. No, not. Yeah, uh, okay. I wasn't. I wasn't setting that that joke. Um, and it's an actual Should compact disc. So they had this recording of like this announcer talking, breaking into regularly scheduled programming, and you know, saying, "Hey, we've uh, we've there's been an outbreak of this something or other, and people are this and that." And so you know, this poor girl's got the you know the gauze in. Did you have you had your wisdom teeth taken out? I have not. Every time I go to the dentist, they go, well, that looks like we're almost ready to take. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try to never have them taken out. Cause have that you, looks horrible. Are you connected? I've seen a lot of people that have had their wisdom teeth taken out yeah. and that looks terrible. Are you connected to your Wi-Fi? God dang it. Yeah. You just cut out just a little bit. Wi-Fi in this house sucks. Can well, you, you're moving. So there's can you hear me better now. Yeah, a little better. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Okay, there you go. So, I so just yeah. turned the Wi-Fi off. Yeah, so she's got this, you know, the gauze on either side of her mouth, and she's. You know, if you've never had your wisdom teeth taken out, it is very it, well. If you've had a surgery of any kind, like coming out of surgery is always like the weirdest. Like you're in like a dream. It's like the weirdest thing. And so they they're saying that you know there's and then they like run in. They like leave her alone, and she's like sitting there like trying to kind of figure out what's going on. Is it zombies? Or cannibals? Like she doesn't understand. And her mom was in on it, and it was just it's just hilarious. So um, hold on, I was gonna test. Yeah. So it I highly recommend looking at it and. Jen, my wife has a uh, as a as a good wisdom tooth story. Like I could have done this uh, to her. Like she is so little that they're all like, "Oh yeah, we'll just give you the the regular dosage," which is always like way 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 too much for her. And that's it's anytime she's had surgery, that they've always like overdosed her on stuff. And so we are like waiting in line at the pharmacy, like at the, at the drive-through to get her pain meds st- directly from her wisdom teeth. And I knew the doctor um, who did her surgery. And so he let me like stand in the room. And, like I videoed it. I mean, that's like totally illegal. That is disgusting. What is the matter? No, with no, no. You? Not like inside her mouth. Just like I wanted her to see, you just see this big, strong doctor with these big handsome hands like just really struggling and like and it's it's awful was but, she pissed at you for what for doing that no, because she's mine i can tell you my wife would not want hey i don't want to see what i don't want to see that well you're no, better no. off not seeing yeah she she didn't care she knew i was gonna do it but it, it, so we're sitting in the drive-thru and she is like like hallucinating big time right so, and and awesome. so and I've got about nine different little video about a minute minute and a half long. I you think, still have these? Yeah, I think they're on my computer somewhere. She made me delete you them. You gotta from send my, them to me. They oh, sound really funny. She sent. She made me delete them from my phone, but I think I've got them on my on the computer somewhere. And she's talking about it's orange. I'm seeing orange, and like I can't understand what she's saying. And she starts crying, and then she starts laughing, <laughs> and it it is like it is it was really crazy. Well. That's all fun and games. So we get home, and her mom just happened to be in town. I think it was in the summer, and so her mom was in town visiting. And uh, and so we like lay her down, and she immediately I've call, I call this like the blood vomit geyser story, because hmm. when we laid her down, that blood I guess had just like been draining back into her throat and like into her stomach. Okay, okay, okay. So she okay. starts coughing, throwing up blood. It got all over our sheets. We had to like get a new comforter. It, I had to, I had to like take her back to the oral surgeon to like, and they had to like give her nausea nausea medication like through intravenously. It was like the most horrific 
thing. And of course, with me, I think I got my wisdom teeth out when I was in college, and I came home that night and like ate pizza or something. You know, like it's just. But that <laughs> poor Jen, she's just she's so sensitive to that kind of stuff. Um, if you have any of the hallucinating videos, number one, uh, please send them to me. Number two. Please get permission from her to post those on the Facebook page. Oh my gosh, that would be that would be so hilarious. They're so funny. Like, I if I can remember some of the other like, things. Hey, send them to me first, and if they're, I'll I'm I'm an outside observer. I'll determine whether or not they're funny. Okay, but then put them on the Facebook page. That would be really awesome. Oh, what if I didn't tell her? She would kill me. Oh, I, I know exactly so what would happen funny. if you didn't tell her. Uh, our spare bedroom in our house and our new house would be taken up by Mark Rogers living there by himself because he's got thrown out of the house. Oh, I will, she'd kill you. Hey, she would murder you. She just you. got home. <laughs> um, and here's Halen. He just walked in. Hey, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we get to our interview with uh, Coach. Um, World's okay, mom. And I mentioned this a lot on uh, Jason's podcast. I still had uh, I have a, oh, yeah, another right. week or two on Jason's show. Man, so, is Sarah moving to Asia? I don't like, know. She's been gone a really long time. I know. Time. It's been like six weeks. Um, so I don't know if how much detail have I gone into with the world's okayest mom thing, my wife's sort of side business. I know I've, I've we've sort Not of, very often. So long story short, she started a Facebook group back in May. It's now got almost 12,000 women in it. It's a closed group. She wanted to make money so she could give money away to like moms on bed rest, moms who've lost a kid, moms with breast cancer, you know, that kind of thing. Like give back to moms, right? Moms that are having, that are in particularly in difficult need. circumstances. Yeah, like this low is in, a charity. Yeah, low income single moms. Well, we weren't like a, a, a nonprofit. It was just, we just made money. Hey, everybody, and, send me a check and I'll make sure the check gets sent off. Oh, like no, a loose kind of thing. Well, it wasn't even that. It was like proceeds from the t shirt sales. Oh, okay. Would yeah, go yeah. towards that. Well, we were like, okay, how do we give more money away? We want to give more money away. We don't want to have as much overhead. We have to buy the shirts and all that. So we're going through the process of becoming a nonprofit. We've got a website. I'll put it in the show notes. It's worldsokayestmom.org. Okayest, O-K-A-Y-E-S-T. Yes. No okay. apostrophe or anything. Just worlds okay. Well, yeah, because it's a website address. You right. Idiot. Sorry. Well, just making sure for any older people that are listening. So um, we... Yeah, a lot of older people are getting their podcast <laughs> yeah. on. We are uh, officially Worlds Okayest Mom Incorporated. We, mm. got, we got our employee identification number. We have like... Is it 69? Uh, wait, what is what? Your employee idea. Oh, no, 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 it's not. Can you request a specific Oh, you number? know what? I think it might have that number in it, though. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Hey, it's bro. crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, hold on, it's right here. It's right here. Don't d- say it. All. No, 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 no. No, here's our number. Here. I know, it's like our social security number. Anyway, we have business accounts. We have business credit cards. We have, like, all we have to do Am is... Am I getting a raise? Well, this isn't uh, this isn't simply human. This is a well, no, no, no. I think World's Okayest Mom needs to buy out a hostile yeah. takeover of simply human <laughs> and give me a raise from uh, from one Genghis Grill bowl every three years to two <laughs> Genghis Grill bowls. Well, hey, the, the employee identification number ends. The last four digits are six nine zero zero. So hey, there we go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so in, in the near future, once we once we file the form 1023 with the IRS, we will officially like be able to donation. So the idea is to raise a ton of money so we can give away a ton of money. Like that's the... Can I make a, uh, a suggestion? Yes. A, a legitimate suggestion. Yes. Uh, do you watch the uh, Samantha B show? I forget the name of it on TBS. We, we don't have cable, so no. Oh, well, you don't. Okay. Well, I am a huge fan of that show. Okay. Basically, it's kind of like The Daily Show, but it's only once a week. Okay. And she is really, really, really interesting and funny. Well, she talk, goes on and on 
uh, an episode last night about, uh, and I didn't kind of realize this was a thing, but like, uh, diapers, uh, diapers for like, uh, single moms, yeah. uh, you know, people, you know, in the pov- under the poverty line, things of that nature, right. because if you don't have diapers, then your kids can't like uh, go to daycare. There's right, all kinds all of right. things. There's just a million things that can go wrong if you don't have uh, enough money or access to diapers. So, uh, buy some diapers. Yeah. Mark. Well, no, see, that's the thing. That's like, big thing. as we grow and as we're doing this, we'll hopefully be connected, like, like with ideas like that. Like, our idea is to how cool would it be to you have like a low income mom that's that's stuck with like a thirty thousand dollar medical bill from like a hospital bed rest stay that we can just go and say you're done we we paid for it you know like uh, that would be really cool like stuff like that would just you know like go to a low income mom and give could, her could like, reform the health insurance here's yeah, like we can do that here's five grand for uh for your Christmas, for Christmas this year, yeah, we'll see, and, and hopefully, if we get big enough, we can have an influence, possibly on legislation at the state level or something, you know, to help with some good women's luck in issues. Texas. Yeah, I know, <laughs> um, but they any have women, a real big influence because you got to bring both your six shooters in there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, is there any, is there any role? I asked this question on Jason's show, and I was also recently on Evan Brand's podcast, not just Paleo, so check that out. Ah. Um, Go, uh, is there any role in society that is more important than like the mom? Can you think it's a of very anything? like feels like a very generic question? I know. But I think you're probably right. Like, I mean, I it's think, not. Uh, it's not like the uncle, right? Well, you can't. You, you can't have a, uh, another generation without the yeah. mom or the I mean, dad. You, can have the, you can't really have them without the dad, but like, kind of a little different. Like the dad can just uh, you know. Do his biological part and, and then vamoose and right, never see him again. Right. The mom's at least committed for nine months right. and in charge of making sure that alien gets out of the body. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, the mom, you know, does a you know has to, you know raises the child or what yeah. have you. But uh, I think that's probably the, yeah. the cornerstone of uh, civilization. Right. Is the mother? Right. So that's the mother's kind of, womb. So that's kind of where we're at. So we just want to. Uh, I think that the mission is on our website, but it's you know mobilizing the caring power of women all over the country to to uh, facilitate and donations and provide support for moms in need. Whoa, that's a lot of buzzwords. You got to work in like synchronicity in there. Uh, No, no, uh, uh, what's the synergy? I think is the word. Yeah, synergy. You got to work that one in there too. So anyway, we're we're increasing the workability. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. I like mobilizing the caring power. That's that's not too buzzwordish. Mobilizing. Uh, okay, so that's what I have to say about your mobilizing work. <laughs> All right, we are we are actually about to. It's call... a good thing what you and your wife are doing. It's a really good thing, and well, I crap you. on it uh, for no, the sake of humor, no, no. but like it's good. Uh, we you know we should all be so lucky as to have. Uh, you know, an, an impact in, in people's lives, a positive impact. I try to do that with what I do. It's kind of a nebulous idea sometimes when you're throwing people in the hooskow, but. Right. Uh, that's uh, really the the idea of being a human is to take care of other humans. Yeah. is to be part of the world community instead of you know your little isolated self inside your bubble, taking care of yourself and padding your own bank yeah. accounts and your own you know possessions. It's good to it makes you feel good as a person to be able to have that reach out. So what you and your wife are doing are good. Uh, I'm 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 just joking when I, oh, when I, I make know. the poop sound. <laughs> so well, and I'll keep our listeners updated whenever. Not we joking are. about the race though. Not We're, joking about that. Kind of one. <laughs> whenever we are uh, up and running uh, officially and we can take like donations, uh, I'll let everybody know. So all right, go to the website. You're, yeah. Simplyhumanlifestyle.com. We already talked about Periscope. At uh, Simplyhuman52 is the Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, hey, real quick, I have a Periscope question. Okay. Very quickly. Go. 
Like, how do people know that I'm about to Periscope? Yeah, so if people shouting that, hey, I'm about to Periscope. If people follow you on Periscope, they have their notifications yeah. set up. Whenever you go live, like Anna Vicino, the uh, the Vinny Tortorich's yeah, yeah, co-host, yeah. I follow her on Periscope. And, and if they, yeah. And so she went live and it said Anna Vicino is now going live. And so you can click on like the little on, banner. Like on just a notification on your phone? Yeah. Or yeah. like Twitter or what? No, it's through Periscope. Is it owned by Twitter? Yes, yes. So you don't have a Twitter account. If you did and you had 1,000 Twitter followers, whenever you went live on Periscope, all 1,000 of your Twitter followers would get a notification. But you, but it's just through, it can just be through Periscope. Like, it doesn't, oh, okay. you don't have you to have Twitter followers. simply human thing up so it gets a notification when I go? Or is that just for one Periscope account? I think it's just for one Periscope. But then, you see what I did on the Facebook page? I shared your your video on the Facebook page last night. I did because me and my wife watched it last okay. night. She was yeah. like, who are you talking to online? Yeah. I was like, it's Periscope. She's like, what, what is that? What the F is Periscope? Yeah, yeah. I explained it to her and she watched it and she was like, people are watching this? I was like, yeah, eight people are watching <laughs> this. Eight people. I could have a larger audience if I went out in the street in front of my house and pulled my pants down. <laughs> you would have ten people. In, in I would bare minimum have more than eight people going yeah. out there being like, what the hell is wrong with that guy? <laughs> Oh, I man. will try to think of some crazy cop stories for my next Periscope. I interrupted you when you were in your spiel of things, ordering around people things to do. Leave us an iTunes review. Like yeah, how about that? All right. Well, let's yeah. get straight to the interview with Dan John. Here he is. Joining us today on the Simple Human Podcast, super excited to have Dan John. And let me just, let me read this. This is a very impressive bio here. So Dan John has spent his life with one foot in the world of lifting and throwing and the other foot in academia. An all-American discus thrower, Dan has also competed at the highest levels of Olympic lifting, Highland Games, and the weight pentathlon, an event, Rick, in which he holds the American record. Dan spends his work life blending weekly workshops and lectures with full-time writing and is also an online religious studies instructor for Columbia College of Missouri. He's an author, a coach. He's just a very strong person in general. Welcome to the show, Dan. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate this. This is nice. (laughs) Okay, so incredible background. So let's just start off with sort of your story, how you got to where you are today. And I'm I'm particularly interested uh, in the the discus throwing and all that. My my brother threw discus uh, for one year in college, Rick. So, you know, he wasn't wasn't all that great. Did you know Andy, um, is it uh, uh, Kukanovsky or... um, Sounds like you nailed it, Mark. No, it's Andy. It starts with a K, and he's from Europe. He's the he's the the discus coach at like Kansas. Oh no, I don't. I mean, I, when you say Andy, I thought you mean Andy Bloom. Oh who, yeah, uh, you're right. Threw the shot seventy and uh, spun the discus seventy meters. Yeah, uh, a good friend of mine. Okay, yeah. So, yeah no. Sorry, so that 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 was a big swing and a miss. Sorry about that. Um, so let's uh, yeah, <laughs> classic Mark Rogers. <laughs> hey, uh, you threw the discus. I know a guy who owned a discus one time. Maybe you guys have met each other. <laughs> I, I, I know a guy that bought a discus once. Do you know him? Do you know him? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Dan, if you'll just yeah give us your background uh, and start from as as far back as you want to go. Well, the standard one is you know I was born and raised in South San Francisco, California. I'm the youngest of six. Very athletic family, very military family. And uh, it's funny the other day uh, my sister flashed up a picture of us when I was six, and I told my wife it makes more sense why they thought it wasn't a very good athlete. Because my brothers were, you know, high school and college, and I used to play street football and street basketball against them and get dominated at age six when they were 18, <laughs> 17 years old. But I tell you one thing that's good about that, and they didn't 
they did not ease up on me because of my youth, yeah. is it teaches you lots of skills. Uh, you're never as good as you think you are, yeah. and that's a yeah. good one. That's what I like to do with my when I'm playing. Uh, like my parents have a Wii at their house, and I'll play like the home run derby against my uh, eight year old son, and I will just whack him, just destroy <laughs> him, and I'm like pointing his face, like in your face, because it will teach him how to be a better baseball player at some point. Yeah, after he gets done crying. So, Dan, are you the youngest in your family? Yeah, they would run me into parked cars and uh, run over me. So I think it's a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Not just getting a finger in his face. He was getting like his face punched. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I wasn't, uh, well, really, the the, the big turning point I usually tell people is when I was in the eighth grade, I wanted to play football. And I was was the youngest kid in my class. I was undersized, you know, and uh, went to the library, which, which was always my answer for everything. And Got the book Seven Days of Sunday and down the thing there. It was the same day and the book The Sword and the Stone. And I, re- I read those books through at least twice, probably that day or the next day. And on Wednesday of Seven Days of Sunday, we meet a guy named Kenny Avery. And I looked at his story as kind of a template. And he threw the discus in high school, the shot, ran the hurdles. And so did I. And he did gymnastics, so I picked it up. And I found out later he lifted. I wish I'd have known that earlier. <laughs> and then uh, from there, I played. You know, high school, I played as many sports as I could. And I think I was a better football player than discus thrower. I was as a senior, I, I weighed one sixty two and threw the discus one seventy, which is a really <laughs> good throw. Yeah, but I was a much better football player. But you know, the problem with football is like it's very political and. Yeah. You know, you can talk to, you know, uh, if, if I'd have been held back a year, uh, I think I'd have had a lot better chances of getting recognized, but academically I could have gotten into any school I wanted, but you know, there's no push from the coaches because, and it's funny because there really not a lot of guys on my team ever won, went on and he had to do it the JC route. But so, uh, I, I decided right after high school, you know, here, I'm going to roll the dice on the discus. Uh, I changed on my. The day of my high school graduation, Coastal Lahadia Skyline College came down and talked to me. And so I decided instead of going to one school, I'd go to Skyline for two years. Maybe the best simple decision in my life. Uh, a couple months later, I met Dick Notmeyer. And uh, uh, within uh, uh, two years, I was a, I was a Division One talent. I was a very good thrower and uh, very proud to have gone to Utah State to be a discus thrower. In 1979, I graduated, and Coach Mons asked me to come back in the fall and run the strength training program. So I, I think sometimes I might be one of the first strength, you know, strength coaches ever. Yeah, because you know, there were a few in football, but not in the other event, not in the Olympic events. And then I, I got my master's, and then started teaching and coaching, and uh, just kept at it. I worked with. Um, I, I like where I'm at now in my career because I do a lot of work. You know, where I've gone in my life now with my career, um, I'm the, I can sit down with you and say, don't worry about all that. You're fine. This is what's important. This is key. This is crucial. So I can, I can you know, I wouldn't want to say necessarily I'm a mentor to a lot of coaches, but I, I try to. I try to mentor a lot of young coaches, a lot of older coaches. Uh, I help a lot of professional teams and different military organizations. And, um, and it's weird because... I'll do these workshops, I'll give these talks, I'll sit down, and the, the thing people come away with always, and it drives me crazy, they say, well, you made it so simple and I want to strangle them because it took me a long time and a lot of hard work and 
a lot of mistakes to make it that simple. And they just dismiss it with the flight of their hand. It's like, really? You know, it really was a lot harder than you think. But that's kind of the joy, I guess, of what we do, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about, like, what are you doing now? Like, what is your day-to-day? Uh, oh, well, you know, a typical day, I get up at 6. Um, I take my wife to the public transport here called Tracks. But uh, before she leaves, my goal is to get all my college work done. I, I teach college classes. And so I try are you, to are you in – do you live before, in – before do you, do you live in Missouri or are you uh, – no, no. Oh, <laughs> That's another funny kind of weird – it's kind of weird because I, I feel like I'm a pioneer in strength training, yeah. but I'm also yeah. a, clearly a pioneer in online education. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was one of the first five professors hired by Columbia to teach online. Oh, wow. And oh, they wow. said to me, I've often believed that I got the job because I was the only applicant with an email address <laughs> and for sure the only applicant with any kind of website presence. Yeah, they're like, all right, we're looking for requirements for an online teacher. Okay, requirement one, uh, they have an email address. Uh, that's you like, own my computer, sir. Yeah. Okay, well, you're the leading candidate. <laughs> I was told that there was a chance that maybe once a year I would teach about 20 students. Well, Quickly, it was five, then 10, then 15 sessions a year. And now my class goes up to L. So I teach A, B, and C, and the class goes up to L five times a year. Gosh. But, but see, you have to go back to 96, 97, 98. Uh, I was lucky in a way. I kind of lucked into the internet. Um, it, you know, uh, a guy named Tamir Katz and a guy by the name of Rob Wolf. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah. Well, everyone forgets Tamir, but Rob, Rob's my second email. Um, I read a little thing by Art Devaney and I, and I, I had a little comment and I was able to cut and paste Rob's email out. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's a while ago. And, uh, so when I went online, um, they encouraged me to start a website to deal with all these psychopaths. They were called the hit guys, the hit Jedi's. One set to failure was all you ever needed. And they dominated the internet, the early internet, huh. which makes sense because none of those guys ever looked like they lifted weights. So they obviously had a lot of time to uh, work <laughs> on computers. Um, so I set up my first site as a place where I could talk about Olympic lifting and basic strength training, you know, the tradition. And it kind of exploded from there. Um, so it's just kind of weird. I was in the right place at the right time with the internet. I I charge zero, and I still charge zero for everything online. And uh, it boy is it boy has it been uh, a fruitful, yeah, <laughs> to, to well, say the least. Well, Dan, there, um, there's something that you you said earlier that that I want to quickly take a little short detour here. You were talking about being the youngest in your class. So what we one thing that we forgot to do at the beginning, we like to try to guess uh, birthdays. Rick, are you are you you're there, aren't you? Oh. Yes, I'm here. I'm okay, here. there he is. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, yes, so being the, I was also the youngest in my class, so here we go. I'm going to guess June 26th. Oh, no, different system, but go ahead. Dang it. All right, Rick, you oh, go. Well, different system. I'm totally off then. I'm going to go with August 12th. Not bad. August 28th. Oh. September. <laughs> If you haven't September figured out, Dan, I'm the smarter. I'm the smarter of the two of us, and I actually, <laughs> our last guest or a couple of shows ago, I guessed and nailed it right on the head. And then you, I've been very close. Very close. To the other guest, I've been very close yeah. to. So yeah. ah, for me, September first cutoff. Yeah, yeah. So I had the same. Uh, uh, 
I guess, complaint with my parents. I feel like, because I played, I, I was a Division II uh, college athlete, so I, and I wasn't good at that level, so I'm not trying to you know, <laughs> say anything here. But if I always thought, if I, because I'm a summer birthday, and I was always the youngest in my class, and I always thought if my parents had held me back, and I was as big my senior year in high school as I was my freshman year in college, we like we would have won state. We would have easily won state. Well, I've, thought, I've thought the same thing, but <laughs> let me just give you a little bit more thinking. Yeah. It would have been too easy. Yeah, see? Yeah, see, Rick? We, <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> the next now, you year, talked about something, up, Dan. Go ahead. Go I ahead. showed up in football weighing 204, 208, uh, faster. You know, I would have you know, really brought the house on people. Yeah. It would yeah. have been too easy. Right. I wouldn't have spent those extra hours. I wouldn't have done the Olympic lifts because they'd come. So what happens is, is it unwraps. Yeah, it uh, makes you a strong, made you a strong like person. Moments in my life. Yeah, <laughs> and when you unravel it, the string unravels all the way. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> now, Dan, you you said something. Obviously, you you know pentathlon. So they're, that's, I'm using my Latin skills. There are five sports in the pentathlon. Oh, very good. You said you played football growing up, and you played you know all kinds of sports. Something that we talk a lot about on this show that we've talked with guests like Clark Miller a few episodes ago and Jim Laird several times. Is about the over specialization of uh, you know kind of right. young kids and you know junior high high school Absolute, type stuff. What are your what are your thoughts on absolute that? Absolute idiocy, absolute idiocy. I go along with what Tommy Kono, the great Olympic lifter, and John Powell, the world record holder, discus told me: if you're not world class, world class within three years of specialization, you're not good enough. So when I finally specialized. Three years later, I was a good national-level athlete. Uh, when I specialized in the Highland Games, I was a very high level. I wasn't good enough in the discus. That's a heartbreaker. So you got little little Edna. She's an 11-year-old soccer whiz. If she's not internationally recognized, she's not good enough. Yeah. Your DNA yeah. isn't good enough. Her skill set isn't good There's enough. There's nothing you Sorry. can do to like change that. There's yeah, no, and that's the, that's the thing. Like That doesn't mean that... like that person is not a, a good person or enjoys playing that sport oh. or what have you. It's just, it literally, when we're talking about world-class, what are we talking about? Like not even the top 1%, yeah. less than that. The 1% top, of 1%. Uh, you know, quarter of 1%. Or so less than that, yeah. some people you're born to do it. Some people you're not. And if you haven't been recognized by that, by that point, then that's just not what you're put on this earth to do. No matter how hard you try and how hard you work, it's just not in the cards for you, I guess. There have been more U.S. presidents than Olympic discus champions. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. <laughs> I so, never thought about that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and it's not to be cruel in any way at all. And it's not to be uh, mean. It's just you – wait. And it's like I tell parents – I used to tell parents in the school setting, if you really want your child to be elite, you know, uh, first, are you sure your DNA is good enough? And then second – No, the me. Yeah. The <laughs> The fact that you're at a Catholic high school in Utah in the middle division of the high schools and that, that we don't necessarily have the geography for great track and field, volleyball, football. Yeah. I mean, if your son is all state and 1A Utah, well, of course he is. He put his helmet on. <laughs> you know, it's not that competitive. I'm not being a jerk. No, yeah. It's just that competitive. Yeah. You know, it's not like being the state champion in Texas. Um, and 
so you, you, it's not being brutal. It's the honest. That's why I still think. That's why I'm still shocked that high school football is so good. It's the only area I can find in America today that hasn't. My brother Gary has an interesting way of saying it. They decided to have the state championship in the high school one foot, and everybody who jumps over one foot gets a gold medal. The only people who realize it's a bunch of crap is the kids. They all realize it's a joke. So, you know, if you want to hug, don't do sports, man. Yeah. Uh, that's not a <laughs> – don't do sports. Don't <laughs> don't be an elite um, elite military branch. There's Hugs kill people. Hugs get hurt. Hug, oh hugs gosh. lose games. I'm going to put that on – I'm going to make a T-shirt that says, Hugs kill people with like a little Dan John quote <laughs> down at the bottom. Well, hey, so what? what is your commentary on this whole – participation league and we're not going to keep scoring games and everybody gets to win. Like what are you, what are your thoughts on all that? Ask the parents about it. The parents will tell you the score at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> no, they will. The dads especially. No, there were no winners, but we won 11 to one. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's a joke. My daughter, um, when she was in the third grade, got a trophy for playing county soccer and it said MVP. She threw it away. She was in the third grade and threw it away huh. knowing because it was a joke. It's, it was a joke. Now, I've got a few things I keep on to, and when you come to my house, I'll show them to you, and I'll be like, yeah, this is for X. And you'll be like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. You keep that one. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know um, my knock on the Highland games for a couple of years ago is that it was like no matter what you did, you got 37 trophies and medals. And then it, and then it shifted back again, which I'm really happy for. But it was becoming a participation event too. What yeah. is, what is that doing to like what 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 sort of psychological repercussions is that going to have on our youth as they get older? I have no idea, but I know this. In 1967, I got a trophy. I hit. I made the winning hit to, uh, to win this thing. The year later, my wife was born. Here's the point: I have that trophy. It's in my weight room. I want to be buried with it. The only thing I ask to be put in my grave with me is that trophy. Huh. That's how I can respond to it. In other words, I'm I'm closer to 60 than I used to be. And that little trophy from 1967 means the world to me. I, uh, I hit a game-winning shot in a Christmas tournament when I was in fourth grade, Rick. I don't know if you ever knew this. And, uh, and I, still, I still have that trophy. I still have a. We're doing trophy talk. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, my athletic accomplishments were very, very, very few and far between. But I enjoyed playing, and that was what was important to me. Is I played basketball and baseball and hockey and lacrosse. But I still have a trophy from a hockey tournament that I won, uh, and that was still when I was still kind of learning and I played really, really well. And I was, I still kind of remember that when I think about my hockey career. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see both sides of it. On one hand, when you're telling everyone like, yo, no, you're the MVP, you're the MVP, and you're, that diminishes yeah. the, the, the person who's done the most work, who has the most skill. That's the point of the contest is to determine who is the best of the best. But on the other hand, like I do see some of the value for littler kids, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, participation type leagues, because my oldest son, he's eight. He plays indoor soccer. He sucks at it. He's horrible. <laughs> he's awful. But he likes playing, and he doesn't know that he sucks. 
So he just likes playing, and he doesn't really care what the score is. Now, I can understand when he's 12, 13, 14. Okay, we don't need to be giving out uh, participation. You know, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets the same thing. You know, you should kind of understand things better. But he just likes to play. He just likes to goof around and, 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 and run around and have fun and kick the ball in possibly the correct direction. Probably not the correct direction, but he doesn't care that stuff. Yeah. So I see both sides of it, but I definitely – I think when you're, especially like in actual competitive sports, you're de- definitely diminishing the accomplishments of the person who's worked the hardest uh, and done the most. You're definitely diminishing that accomplishment. And that's not fair to them. It's just not. True. Yes. Um, so, Dan, I know one of the things that you uh, mentioned uh, in an email, one of the things that you like to talk about is decision making for athletes. So let's sort of unpack that a little bit. Like, what did you mean by that? Well, actually, it's funny. It's the workshop I'm doing on Saturday. It's, I call it Now What? You know, it's a Wait, very fancy say, phrase. Say that again. Now what? Now what? Okay. Now yeah. what? Well, now what? So, you know, you have this goal and we assess you and all this. And well, now what? So part of what I try to do with athletes is – you know, I break down. I talk. You know, when I talk with elite athletes, I break down four terms very quickly: health, longevity, fitness, and performance. Um, if you're an NFL football player, you are making a decision to impact your health and longevity for your performance, and I get that. If you're <laughs> if you're going to go blow your knees off because of some local burpee competition, you're too. <laughs> But for me to talk to. So the first area is health. And health is the optimal interplay of the human organs. So I tell my people, well, what we try to do first in this first area is we call them shark habits. One bite and it's done. So mine is too big. I will call the medical doctor while they're sitting next to me. I will call a dentist. I will call the eye doctor. And the goal is when they leave those appointments, when the person says, do I reschedule you? Your job is to simply say yes, because from now on, that's a shark habit. One call, that's all, you're done. Right, you have to And think so about what it. I try to do to get people to do, especially athletes, is learn to deal with anything that's unimportant. Make it a shark habit. Check the box. I mean, if you get a piece of mail and you're supposed to respond to it, since you opened it, respond to it. I have a, a thing. If I open an email, I respond to the email. If I open a letter, I respond to the letter. Um, it saves you. Uh, if I get a notification from the DMV to register my car, I opened it up. So I open my computer. I register my car. I press the button and I'm done. Yeah. Anything that's unimportant. What I consider almost, if you're a performance athlete, lots of stuff is unimportant. A shark habit is having a menu every week. A shark habit is having a, shopping list for that menu as my friend Lacey said at breakfast this morning uh kitchens is where you lose kilograms gyms is where you lose grams and she's right if you have a shopping list and a menu you go shop and you just follow the shopping list right and then you cook to what the menu is get it out of your head get it out of your head get it out of your head so shark habits is the the most important thing i teach athletes from there, we have what we call, it comes from Pat Flynn, and we call them pirate maps. Pirate maps. With most tasks in life, um, most people just want to do this list. 
a checklist. So Pat has a good one for general health and maintaining fitness. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, be grateful for something. Yeah. Within 30 minutes of waking, eat 30 grams of protein. Drink 10 glasses of water a day. Have 100 grams of protein a day. Lift weights two to three times a week. Get sweaty two to three times a week. Have a sleep ritual. Now, you can ask for more detail than that, but really, if you just followed that, you'd be okay. And okay is okay. Pretty good is pretty good. Um, opposite of that is what most people want from me, and I refuse to give them. That's programs and that kind of thing. Programs, peaking, planning. That is what I would call do this until now. Do this until then. That's six weeks, 12 weeks, <laughs> two weeks to a tighter tummy. One of Ellington Darden's books, you know. Uh, Big Guns in Three Days. That's my next book, you know. Uh, you know, no, sign me healthy. Up. <laughs> yeah. And my knock on that is that little thing that's got that little until. Um, and then in the other corner is this thing I call principles. And the word principle breaks down prince, primus, first, and simple comes from the same root as capture. Literally, principle means to take first. And that's where I try to slide my athletes with their goal. What are the principles? What are the accepted things in your sport? John Heisman, before he died, of course, said block, tackle, and fall on the football. Well, if you just decide to become a head coach, you can chart out every game. Did we block who we're supposed to block? Did we tackle the guy with the ball? Did we fall on the ball, Cam Newton, when it was right in front of you? Oh, yes. So <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're a football coach, and those are your principles for success. And you can measure games by that. Uh, principle for fighter pilot is, did you kill? Did you survive? Those are the basic principles. Yeah. Uh, for a discus thrower, it's to train. It's, you know, you throw four days a week and lift three for eight years. If you're not going to follow those basic principles, why have this conversation? So what we try to do is get the athletes at brain focused on the principles rather than all the other things. We try to become a principle-based program. And, and so everything else with an athlete is a shark habit. Fill out the box, write the check, buy the shoes, buy a hammer, buy a discus, go the way. Just boom, that easy. Yeah. Now, from there, with principles, then we have a three-step pro process called APE. First, you have to accept the truth that your performance should be better than practice. My God, if I get people to understand that, I'm miles ahead. Most people practice far better than they ever perform. Huh. Number two is perform a, uh, practice appropriately. And you have to practice at the appropriate heart rate, appropriate physical tension level, the appropriate arousal level. And it's the coach's job to put you in situations where I'm messing with your arousal. I'm working with a young hammer thrower that added two meters, almost seven feet to his throw the first week I worked with him. And, I mean, that's, that's good. Seven feet in a throwing event is, in fact, anybody who's a thrower should be stopping right now and listening. But what I taught him to do is I, I, he sent some videos, and I told him that for practice for the rest of this week, I wanted to throw soft legs, no finish at all at the end of the throw. And he goes, well, why would I do that? Well, I go, your, your finish is inconsistent 
So instead of having an inconsistent finish, we'll have no finish. Well, he goes to the meet, adrenaline kicks in, he has the best finish of his career. Why? Because his performance was better than his practice. He practiced at this level, knowing that when adrenaline would kick in, he'd go farther. And the E on APE is experience. And I try to share vertical experiences with my athletes. I warn them about things. Okay, state track me. Okay, in our state track me, you might throw the shot or discus at 8 a.m. some years. And I tell them, hey, listen, we've won state championships because my athletes have practiced having a bowel movement earlier in the day than anybody else. Mm. You don't want to get your name called out there and all of a sudden go, uh-oh, yeah. out in the yeah. middle of the state championship. So we practice warming up at 7 o'clock for weeks so that the athlete is used to dealing with all those physical issues. Yeah. Do you need to eat breakfast before 8 o'clock? You know, coach, I really don't. Good. Let's practice not eating breakfast today. What did you find out? I didn't poop. Okay. Drink coffee. How that up? Oh, yeah. That worked, coach. <laughs> Great. Now we know what to do with the state championship meet. Um, the other thing is horizontal experience, too. And that's when you find somebody else who's walking the walk. I think that's the best part of Weight Watchers is they have that weekly meeting where they talk about the journey together. And, of course, now with forums and things like that, it's really easy. But if you've been around other discus throwers and they'll say, hey, well, you can watch it in Major League Baseball. A guy will come in with this really weird pitching style and he'll get two strikeouts almost immediately. But then the team will start hitting because the guys who got the strikeouts will tell the other guys what to look for. Yeah. You follow? Oh, yeah. So that's sharing experience. So once you accept the fact, at least in the way I coach, that you want to have be principle-based and then whatever you tell me is most important, most crucial, then we go to the eight method of we got to accept that this is practice and this is performance. Let's practice to be better at performance and then let's talk about and share experiences so your mind can deal with the arousal issues of competition. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. And well, you've, you've got me inspired. I just dug out my sledgehammer and I'm going to go out in the front yard and throw it around the neighborhood. So thank you. You've I don't, inspired me very, I don't very think, thoroughly. you know, yeah, it's not a sled, not a sledgehammer, Rick. Uh, yeah. Back, <laughs> Google, Google it. Um, well, coach, we, we are running out of time. I wanted to make sure to promote all of your stuff. And then we have one final question that we ask all new guests on the show. Uh, but you have a newsletter, um, and we will link to that in the show notes. It's the danjohn.net slash wandering-weights, wandering weights. Uh, you've got an Amazon page, which we've linked to. We've got your website, danjohn.net. What, what else uh, would you like to say to give yourself a little promotion right here? Oh, I, don't worry about it. I just, just tell the people, I mean, I, I'm here to help. If they need help, let me know. There you go. There we go. Wow, awesome. Cool. Okay, so now to the final question. And this doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we've talked about in the last half hour. What is something you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Well, my wife and I have a little mission statement called make a difference. So whenever we make a a decision of any kind, we always funnel it through. Will this decision make a difference? Uh, There's a, there's a school here in Utah that was hurting. A lot of kids under, you know, not their parents don't do real well. And they're in the third grade and none of them ever had a computer. They've never touched a computer. So my wife and I and my daughter, my daughter started a, a fundraiser 
So my wife and I became major donors to this. And so, so now there's this thing called the Cal uh, Computer on Wheels where every child in that class now can work with a computer and that little wing of the school can work with a computer several times a day. So to me, I mean, the, I might be long dead when the benefits of that com- class room full of computers happens. Yeah. But I think the world will be a little bit better place. And so I try to constantly find, um, we found, <laughs> it's not like I pat myself on the back, and I'm not supposed to talk about this stuff, but you asked. So yeah. this group of kids up in Vermont, um, uh, they do this little trip to Africa. So my wife and I sponsored seven of them. Uh, so a life-changing trip. Yeah. You know, again, who knows? Maybe three of the kids will be axe murders, but one of the kids will be <laughs> Mother Teresa. So right, that's, right. you know, that's what you try to do. Yeah. So I'm yeah. constantly trying to uh, uh, find ways. That's, you know, that's part of the whole idea why my websites and everything I do is free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just trying to, trying to give back to all those wonderful per- people in my life who changed my life. So I have a huge debt to Dick Knottmeyer and Ralph Maughan and Bob Lahati, my brothers, and my father and mother. So I try to, I will never be able to pay that huge right, debt. So right. we try to knock it down a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's great stuff, man. This has been awesome. I'm so glad that uh, that I was uh, sort of directed towards you, and now I'm following your yeah, stuff. Yeah, this was and, great. This yeah. is a really terrific uh, referral that we got from a, from a listener. So thank you, whoever that was that did that, because this was a great show. <laughs> I'll be happy to come back if you want. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Dan. And literally, finally, go to danjohn.net. <laughs> and he's got a website. Yes. You just filled the first name, last name, and then dot something afterwards. You'll finally get something. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. And I almost got the birthday again. Ah, you were close. Hey, what you... are you gonna get what are you gonna give me if I get another one right? Five dollars. Okay. How, or three hundred or should it be three hundred and sixty five dollars? I like that better. Then I think or, then I think you would probably try to be try to cheat. No, I will do it honestly. Okay, how about this? The loser, if that happens again, the other person has to give the other one twenty dollars. Okay. Okay. Okay, but no For cheating. We'll shake on it. No, and no, I, there'll be no cheating. And, if it's, and I know you, and yeah, you'll cheat on it. Well, if it's somebody that I like have on my calendar, then okay, I, no, I that will, doesn't count. For right, me. I will disclose that. Okay. But if you get it right, I'll pay you 20 you bucks. Still, yeah, there you go. Yeah. It is now time for humans being human. Here is Lonnie with acid scorched burning skin talk. Let's do this. Uh, from our most downloaded show ever, Luke Norsworthy interview and Lonnie Bleeds, episode 60. And uh, I can't remember the last one you were on. You were on kind of a more recent one. Lonnie's back. Lonnie, what's up? Hey, not much, guys. I'm not driving right now. Hmm. What's? Are you sick or in the hospital? Like, what's the problem? I'm sitting still just for you. Oh, well, how about that? Wearing- mm-hmm. Do you regret putting that out there to everybody? What? Your little voicemail thing. Am I the only one that bombards you almost daily? No, well, we get more. You we are. Get, we get some. What? We get, some, we get uh, more. Uh, okay, but Mark has not told me about anyone else that calls. Uh, Mark only tells me that you call a thousand times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I have you listened to I have the, a lot of free time. Have you listened to the show that just came out when we we played the one and you were you like said some company name and you were like, Yeah, we probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. And then Rick made me go bleep the, the company name out. 
I heard that. I was cracking up <laughs> at you guys. That's hilarious. Cool. <coughs> well, I wanted Rick. I, we should have just ambushed Lonnie, and just instead of him getting to tell a story, we just sit here for ten minutes and let make him listen to all of his voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is because Mark has it set up through like a like one of those Google Voice deals, and uh, he gets like a written transcript, oh, and yeah. we'll read through the transcripts of some of them, and it's like. When you take when you're like uh, you buy a piece of furniture and you're looking at like the you put it together or whatever and you're looking at the instructions and it's clearly from like an Asian country yeah. and the instructions don't make any sense at all and it's like put hammer on face or something like that that's what like translation <laughs> of all so we get a kick out of the translation for all your voicemails yeah by the way you should, for everyone listening if, you, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail Mark what's the number five three zero forty two human. Five three zero forty two humans. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail. It can be something funny. It can be something nice. We can uh, use it on the air. We can do lots of stuff with it. So there you go. I have it on speed dial. Yes. No. Yeah. All right. So you have uh, you have one for us. What what do you have in mind today? Oh man, I got I got stories for days, man. Stories for days. Uh, do you want the uh, bleeding penis? The uh, Balls hmm. burning Gosh. or pissing on toilet paper in ISS in high school. Ooh, I kind of, I kind of like that. Oh, I don't know. I okay. think the balls burning. Mm. Should we draw straws or should we? Just, <laughs> how, how are we doing? No, this, you know what? Let's just what? go with Rick's Rick's choice. I defer to Rick. And, okay. What was your? Which one? <laughs> Mine was the the second one. The balls burning. The balls burning. Okay. <clears throat> Well, ow, he's like, well, I burned my balls. Next story. <laughs> uh, so one day I was, um, I, I deal with, believe it or not, in my mold remediation business, I deal with some highly explosive material. It's uh, industrial grade. You have to have a license in a national database to even pick this stuff up or have it shipped to you. Hmm. Um, but I deal is with it Mar- Is it Mark's underwear? <laughs> It's his mom's. Oh. <laughs> she listens, um, by the way. So, yeah, one day I was I was using this. Uh, it's hydrogen peroxide. It's highly flammable. It will go boom. I mean, no open flames. I have to shut off pilot lights, uh, gas. You know, if you got a heater in your house it's, that's gas or propane, I, I have to shut all flames down and, and evacuate the house. It, it's pretty potent. It's pretty potent stuff. Hold on. There we go. Four oh seven bleed. Okay, got it. Hydrogen so, peroxide. You said this is. Yeah, it, it the the stuff you gargle with or put on your cuts at Walmart. Mm. That's three percent, and this stuff is. Wait, hold uh, on. You go to Walmart and just like pour peroxide on your hand and then just leave Walmart. Is that what you mean? Or this- uh, yeah. This stuff you don't want to get anywhere near your skin, and that's kind of what this story is all about. Oh, it's twenty well percent hydrogen peroxide. It will literally eat your leather work boots off of your feet. It is potent, potent stuff. That reminds me of like the end scene from RoboCop, where he's melting in the uh, in the raw sewage. I thought I thought that was uh, Term- <laughs> Terminator Two. I think That's it's probably a lot of movies. Office. Yeah. <laughs> Any robot That's movie ends with that. So so I, I and and needless to say, I I have this stuff boosted where uh, there's an additive that just I don't know what it, it it's off the charts corrosive, and so like a dumb like a dummy, I was spraying this house out. I should have had my chemical resistant gloves on, but I did not. 
and I learned the hard uh, lesson the hard way. So I'm spraying this uh, spraying spraying this house out, you know, get rid of the mold and that that sort of thing. And all of a sudden, I had a major equipment malfunction. The handle just blew up, and I didn't have my gloves on. I did have my chemical resistance suit on, but all that did, whenever I have my hand up in the air, it is uh, just a conduit of all this solution running right down my arm. Um, Like inside the the suit? Inside the suit. Okay, I'd like to pause very briefly. So you went to the trouble of putting on this special suit. I thought of this. But like the gloves... (laughs) What does that take? Five seconds to put on gloves? Yeah, but truthfully, I was 30 miles from home and I forgot the chemical resistant glove. Uh, there's the rub. Also, the goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> my eyes, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Mark caught my Simpsons reference. Okay, continue. So the liquid, I can imagine it right now. It's going inside the cuff of your suit and running down through there. The suit is not protecting you. The suit is holding the chemicals onto you. Yes, and it is not allowing it to leave. It's a it's a chemical resistant suit, so no moisture gets in and no moisture gets out unless you forget oh. to put on your chemical gloves. Hmm. So this thing explodes. Real smart and move, it is, Oh yeah, but it gets funnier. Uh, actually it's horrible. I hope so. so I come running out this, this stuff, like I said, it eats your boots off of your feet. It is now inside my suit. My chest hair looks like, uh, what's that 40 year old mm-hmm. virgin movie when he get in his chest yes. hair waxed off 40 year old virgin. Yeah. It's kind of like my chest. So are you so, like, are you so, uh, other than like the pain, are you like internally mentally freaking out at this point? Like I'm about to die. Uh, yes, because it's like liquid fire. Ugh. And so it proceeds to go down my chest hair. Half of my chest hair goes from black to blonde. And it goes down into my ball sacks, you know, gets down inside my boxers. Now my underwear is trapping this moisture onto my genitalia. And uh, <laughs> I proceed to come running at full speed out of out of the room that I was in, one of my employees was standing there and he saw the look of fear and dread and, 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 and he, he, he saw the, the, that I was about to die. And I just start ripping the suit off. I literally rip my clothes off. I'm standing in this family's basement and, uh, there's one shower that we did not take out. And I proceeded to take off all my clothes and mm-hmm. I run in there and, and turn on the shower. And he's like, what, 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 what? He's freaking out because I'm freaking out. And I run into the shower. I'm like, find me a towel and find the baking soda. As a, On a side note, baking soda neutralizes all this. So he finds you me the five-pound pail. Ba- baking, you, you think you would have the baking soda right next to you? I see, feel like you've gone awry several times in this. Not having the baking oh. soda directly right next to you is probably also a, uh, a, a big no-no, right? Well, it is. But I was being uh, – I had some forethought. I actually had the baking soda sitting by the machine that exploded. Oh, okay, okay. So well, it was good. in the yeah, other good. room, and I was like uh, 30, 40 feet away from uh, said accidental ground zero. And I proceeded to take off all my clothes. Luckily, the homeowners mm. are not home. And uh, I stand there naked. There's no walls. There's nothing but the shower and one toilet. No vanity, no walls, no ceiling, no nothing. And I stand there waiting for my employee to go find 
a towel in this crazy family's home. Well, he comes back with one that I think had already been used because it was pre-moistened up for me already. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. hmm. But uh, hmm. so I take a shower in uh, the bathroom and I'm like taking a shower with baking soda. I'm just covered from head to toe with baking soda, trying to neutralize this stuff. My flesh is burning. My ball sack is is on fire. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to get another erection out of after this deal, or if I was able to father kids. Hmm. Wait, never mind. That was episode sixty, where we know I can't father any more kids. So, so I'm standing there. You've done your homework here. <laughs> so meanwhile, Jason, my, my employee, he's standing there. He's like, "What do I do? What do I do?" And I'm like, "Just coat my back, coat my back," and and <laughs> he's so literally that. Pouring baking soda on my back as my flesh is eating. My hair, my my my, my uh, pubic hair is now yellow. It goes from black to yellow. My ball sack is on fire. I've ripped off all my clothes. I didn't have a change of clothes, and I'm 30 miles from home, and I'm done. I said, forget this job. I'm out of here. We're packing up. We're going home. So then I had to proceed to drive 30 miles back to Jeff City. Wearing nothing, the one and only lonely chemical suit that I had left. So that's that's my humans being human story. Where, um, yeah, I, I drive home thirty miles naked, wearing a chemical suit, hoping I didn't have a cop come and pull me over for some reason because it hurt to sit like you would not believe to have your ball sack on fire, even though it was neutralized. It Rick, was painful. Rick, have you ever been burned like by chemicals? I'd like to transition to a Rick's cop corner here. Okay. And the question is, what if I pulled someone over for doing a hundred and a fifty, and I walk up to the car and it's Lonnie with his yeah. ball sack this, on fire yeah. and has a story about yeah, and he's the wearing I'm a chemical so fast suit. Is I had a machine blow up on me and shoot caustic chemicals all over my my nards. I would uh, just back away. I would go back in the cop, cop car and turn my lights off and turn around and drive, really? drive the other way. Would you not try that to assist is... him in any way? How am I going to assist him, Mark? By hey, I want you to lift up a... your nuts and I can sprinkle some uh, baking soda on there. Coco- maybe coconut oil? You could you like rub some coconut oil on it? I don't carry coconut oil in my Batman belt. Well, maybe you should. Well, maybe, maybe if I this should. ever happens to you, Rick, you can give him a police escort and let him run stoplights and get him home fast. Yeah, this is uh, the, how. How are you? How are your balls now? Yeah, I was gonna ask what the residual like a, effects. Like, a, where were. are they now? How how are they? Um. Well, as of this morning, they were quite fine. <laughs> uh, everything's back to normal. This is a couple years ago, so uh, everything's back to normal. All the chest hair is finally grown back out. Uh, I lost, ended up losing uh, most, of, if not all, of my pubic hair and my chest hair. <laughs> so that was quite the. Uh, quite the hair pattern i had going on for a while so i eventually just shaved it all used to have it shaved uh in like a shape of a lightning bolt and now it's just nothing it's all melted <laughs> off well, well, it's, it's very weird like uh where you know whoever you believe designed humans you know wherever god uh decided to put the male uh wiener and balls because if you get a chemical like on your face or head or whatever it all channels down directly to your Drangus area. Uh, when I, I've significant, <laughs> I add this to the bragging montage, I have significant experience being pepper sprayed. I was a pepper spray instructor, which is like the most laughable instructor certification you can get. It's the class is like two minutes long, but I've been pepper sprayed a million times. And 
that's what happens. You get hit in the face, and it runs down and down and down and down, right square inside to your Drangus. If you're not smart enough to, like, by the third or fourth time, like, hey, I'm, when I get exposed, I'm going to lean my head forward and basically just jut <laughs> my head forward so nothing runs down. It all runs off my chin. And then when you take a shower, you have to do the same thing so it doesn't wash off of your, you know, down your chest, stomach, and into your, you know, your your naughty bits. So I was uh, I, I was burned by story. I was burned by hydrochloric acid my sophomore year in high school. There was a guy that came to class. That's <clears> not true. Chemistry class, and we were working with hydrochloric acid and he was no, yeah well we were and i was it was, it was a big Liar. this was a big deal and it was uh he this guy was stoned and uh, no and he's he didn't realize i guess what didn't realize what he was doing and he squirted it at me and it got in my face and our teacher like saw it luckily and right as it was like about to i mean it was really starting i didn't really know you know it's like oh be careful with this stuff but that you don't you know they don't like put it on you and say this is what it feels like right as it started to like really start to burn uh i mean it probably wasn't on my skin for 15 seconds and the teacher came over with this big bucket of baking powder or soda whatever it was it was just like throwing it at my face like and like it looked like it. the <laughs> delousing powder from yes. a scene from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. And the guy got in huge trouble. He was like suspended for like two weeks, and it was this big. Wow, man, that's really huge trouble. Hey, you don't have to go to class <laughs> yeah, for two weeks. Yeah. Did you beat his mark? Because I feel like that's what you immediately should have done: is turn around and just start pummeling him. No, he was like a punk, so I was kind of scared of him. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. He, no. he, dressed, he, he dressed up like the bear from the Revenant, <laughs> and so I, I ran away. <laughs> I apologize for getting in the way of his hydrochloric acid. <laughs> I'm sorry for getting in the way of your stream of hydrochloric acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me write. Okay, cool. All right, we are out of time. That is, uh, that is skin melting burning talk with Rick, Mark, yeah. and Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie, uh, we'll let you go so you can call us 50 times and leave us 50 voicemails. <laughs> Will do. I'll. Uh, I have you on speed dial, so uh, I would love to see the transcripts too. That would be hilarious. Okay, it is now time for the simple tip of the week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. Uh, and this is from an article on Reading.com, uh, and it's by uh, an author, Trudy Pratt. I don't know. She might be famous. I've never heard of her. Uh, the headline is: A brain is a terrible thing to waste. So follow these seven exercises. So the seven exercises are. Focus time is the first one, right? This is a time when you are closely focusing on a task in a goal-oriented way. Uh, this could be, you know, learning a, a language, learning an instrument, uh, doing Sudoku. I don't know. What What are some other examples, hmm. Rick? Uh, do you have anything? Oh, Sudoku. You had me at Sudoku. <laughs> you know, like getting out and like accomplishing something. Building a fence. How about that? You ever built okay. a fence? No. I'm not a construction worker. <laughs> All right, let's let's move it along. The second one is is uh, playtime. This is not goal oriented. This is just spontaneous creative activity while enjoying life. Huh? It's a simply human term that we have uh, copyrighted. Enjoy life. Um, this also creates. We new- have not copyrighted that. No, we have not. Oh yeah, we haven't. Uh, she says we should. This also creates new connections in the brain. Um, the third thing is uh, what she calls connecting time. This is when we connect with other people in the natural world. So this is like you know f- what people refer to as forest bathing. Uh, this is social interaction, not forest bathing. Have you not heard that term? Nope. Okay, so you probably think of a bathtub in the woods and a naked person in it, 
Probably, mm. probably at your your. Uh, that is actually what I thought of. Yes. Well, your uh, image probably has a. Naked I thought of the man. I thought of a Cialis ad with the two old timey <laughs> bathtubs next to each other. But like, it, hey, you're doing it wrong. You got to get in the same bathtub. But it's not going to walk from one bathtub to the other. But in your no fantasy, you take. in your fantasy, it's it's two men. Um, no, there's anything wrong with that. That's, that's fine. We'll let your freak flag fly. Totally flag. fine. Why is that freaky? I, that's normal. whatever floats your boat, my friend. <laughs> Mark is the one who's so, judgmental, not me. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, it, forest bathing is this idea that you get out into nature and you like bathe yourself in nature, right? It's like a hippie term, forest bathing. Um, so, getting out, not Facebook, but getting out in a group, singing in a barbershop quartet. Uh, is, is an example of this. <laughs> uh, d- y- the barbershop quartet you're in, is this <laughs> an example of your forest bathing? Yes, we're all four in uh, old-timey bathtubs in the woods, uh, holding hands and singing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rename your, your barbershop quartet <laughs> the human sentence. No, no, no. Oh, gosh. How would we sing, though? It would just be like... <laughs> <laughs> Mark gets the number three spot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, okay, I've, I've derailed us. Derailed us. Human centipede talk. Yeah. Okay. Fourth <laughs> is this. I like this one a lot. Is uh, physical time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but she's actually. I, no. What are you saying? She doesn't mean uh, intimate physical time. She's meaning like aerobically moving around. You strengthen mm. your brains with movement. Uh, like the John okay. Medina quote that I always talk about. Our brains are designed to solve problems having to do with uh, survival in an outdoor, unstable environment while in constant motion, right? So this idea that, you know, aerobic activity... So set your house on fire and run away. Yes, that would work. Uh, So this aerobic activity, it's not about burning calories. It's not about, and we've talked about this before, like uh, your heart health, which are two important things, you know, like you need to use energy to survive and you need a healthy heart, but it's it's just about moving. That's, That's the thing. And that helps your brain, which is just one of those sort of other... I, quote unquote side effects, which is actually more important that the the health that it gives your brain rather than like how many calories you burn. Uh, the fifth is uh, time in. That's time spent meditating, reflection, <laughs> uh, integrating information, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, this is a quote: "A natural state of being before radio, television, internet, and more." So I thought that was interesting. Uh, the sixth yes. one is downtime. Uh, this is when, quote, we let our minds wander or relax without a goal in mind. This is just kind of like taking a walk and not really having to think about anything. This is also sort of a meditative type thing. I was going to say is- med- meditation, and you kind of gave me a good idea. Like you don't have to like sit there with your eyes closed to meditate. You can go on a walk and kind of like you know yeah. make a mental like, hey, I'm going to leave the stresses of, of home and the office or whatever. I'm going to leave that and I'm going to go for a walk. Like that's kind of meditative. If yeah. you're going to try to keep your mind off your problems while you do it. Yeah. And before I get to the last one, um, this is, uh, Dr. Dan Siegel is the one who's kind of come up with these seven things. He's at UCLA. Ah! I don't, uh, God, he's kind, he kind of scared me there. I kind of, Siegel, get I it? kind of revenanted. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I re- <laughs> I revenanted bear when you you scared me and I just peed myself a little bit. Um, anyway, he's the uh, UCLA Center for Culture, Brand, and Development. Uh, he works there, so maybe we should have Dan Siegel on the show. We could make fun of his name. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's Jonathan Livingston Siegel? Is that your brother? Hey, don't. <laughs> and then I'm out of jokes. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's don't, all I got. don't listen to episode 122, Doctor Siegel. <laughs> 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 
that's what I would do on my email to see if he wants to be on the show. But whatever you do, don't listen to the tip of the week on episode 122. Giving it away. <laughs> and the seventh and last is sleep time. Uh, you know, the brain consolidates learning uh, during sleep, helps recover, uh, strengthens the immune system, all that stuff. It also has to do with brain health. So there you go. Those seven things from Dr. Dan Siegel at UCLA in an article written by Trudy Pratt, which I will link to in the show notes. Hmm, that was interesting. Why did we choose to do that? I'm not sure. Because I'm trying to help my brain. <clears throat> hmm. Coming up next time <laughs> on the Sydney Podcast. Silence, no. Yes. Um, we've got Jenny LeBaugh is coming up. We've got uh, Kate Galliette is coming back on. Evan Brand is coming back on. A uh, lot of funness and cool people coming your way on the Simple Human Podcast. Go listen to me on Evan Brand's podcast, not just Paleo, uh, and also the last like five at least JASA podcasts with Jason and and me. Uh, we've had lots of fun. We've done like a kind of a five-part series on troubleshooting. Jason and I. Fat loss. Uh, it's Jason and me. Jason and me's. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Um, and so yeah so check all that out like us on Facebook go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com call us at 530-42-HUMAN we mentioned the number in uh, Humans Being Human with Lonnie uh, 530-42-HUMAN like me on Instagram Periscope and Twitter at simplyhuman52 follow Rick on Periscope at rbentley3032 and I'll put that in the show notes as well um, I'm not going to do it very often Oh, come on. Oh, I think you'll do it more. It's lots of it's, fun. There's no way people were entertained by that. I was. It's because you're an idiot. Oh, well, fine. You said that on the podcast. I heard it. <laughs> no, I, 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 yes, I did. I, Jen, I was watching it. That's what caught Jen's attention. I was watching it, and she heard you say, Mark, you're an idiot. And then she like came over, and she was like, hey, what is this? I like this. I like the sound of this. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. All right. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, that is disgusting. What is the matter with No, no, not like inside her mouth. So until next time, enjoy yourself. That's what